Welcome back to the Travis Says Podcast. We are your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And this week's episode is another interview with our travel friends, Alex and Keaton McCoy. This one was fun because we, so with Alex and Keaton, we talk about parenting and traveling with kids and living in an RV with kids and going from being settled to then up and traveling again with kids and leaving a full-time job essentially to be a stay-at-home parent in a camper. Uh, yeah. and, and so it's cool because we we don't have kids, obviously, and so we don't know anything about that type of experience. So to hear their perspective and... I don't know. I just feel I like... Would, I would automatically be like, oh, if we have kids, we have to stop traveling. Yeah. And there's so many people that do it. And Alex and Keaton are the one couple that I know of personally, right? I'm sure there's many out there. Um, but basically, they started as like solo married couple travelers to then having kids to then stopping travel to then saying, let's get our two toddlers, get a camper and travel that way. And Keaton stays home with the kids now. I yeah. mean, it's like insane. Their story is really cool. And I think what else I loved about this interview is we they give a lot of good tips for just parenting in general. With, in relationships. In relationships while traveling with kids. And there's so many like wisdom drops mm-hmm. throughout, like sprinkled throughout. Like when we weren't even really trying to, but it was just their answers to the questions were like, wow, like that's such great advice. Like... They just, obviously, nobody's perfect, but it feels like they have a really good system, and they're in sync together, they work as a team, and they figure things out as they go, and it just feels like they're on the same page, and they have a lot of good insight into trying to find quote-unquote, really, balance, there's no such thing, but balance kind of within all of all of the craziness, right? Mm-hmm. Craziness of working a travel contract being parents, living in an RV, wanting to adventure, but also needing to get shit done. Being an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur. Alex is an entrepreneur. She's an amazing copywriter. She does graphic design and like all kinds of um, just like cool design stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I just feel like there was so much good inside of this episode (laughs) and you guys are going to love it. So much good in between the technical difficulties. (laughs) So yeah, so let's pivot. So this episode is only an audio um, because, again, they were in a camper and had shitty Wi-Fi. And so unfortunately, we weren't able to do the video because it kept cutting out. It wasn't strong enough. And then there are parts where the audio goes a little bit kind of in and out. Yeah. But... I would say hang in there because there's so... (laughs) How you never want to start a podcast. Just hang in there, guys. Just hang in there. I swear to God, just hang in there. You're going to love it. It's building character. It's that there's so much good sprinkled throughout, so I feel like you can get past kind of the shitty audio at times. Um, It's definitely worth a listen, especially if you have kids, especially if you're thinking about traveling with kids um, and... They basically prove that you can absolutely do it and it's way better than what their life was like with the kids both working full time to now the freedom that they have, the money they're making, all the the memories, the experiences they're making with their girls. It's just well, I would um, even add inspiring. To, I would even add to that to say that like even if you're thinking about traveling and you don't have kids and you're thinking about RV travel... This is one of those episodes that you can be like, wow, if they can do it with two kids and the camper and what, then I can do it, you know? So it's kind of like inspirational in that way too. Yeah. You can do it too. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. I think, 
I mean, usually you make comments like about things that, out for a second. that like resemble something. That was just pure you. I felt like you yeah, had Scooby Doo vibes. It was like Scooby Doo and the genie from Aladdin. I don't know. I was like thinking, and so I wasn't really. That's what came out. I wasn't really listening. Wow. So then that just came out. Because I was trying to fill in the space. Okay. Um, Anyways, go follow Alex. Um, It's. Well, we'll put the. I don't know. It's like Alex McCoy. I don't know exactly what her Instagram is, but we'll put it in the show notes. And then also check out. Her new copywriting business and all the the work that she does because she's has such a attention to detail. She is so good at what she does and she's done work for us. Yeah, I've hired her. She created our Patagonia guide, or not our Patagonia guide, our um, traveler school workbook. Yeah. And then what else? She did something. The Patagonia. Uh, oh, oh yeah, the Patagonia guide. Yeah. Um, and just blown away, phenomenal work, and she's so creative and just doing all kinds of cool stuff. So go well, check them out. And also when she's not an entrepreneur she is a travel nurse and keaton is a travel pt oh yeah we never said which that which we never said <laughs> so but they get into that story um throughout the podcast and it's just like kim said it's a really good story really fun interview and um we really enjoyed it so without further ado welcome alex and keaton to the trap says podcast and before we jump into the episode, head over, okay, and before we jump into this week's episode, if you are Travcessed, which we know Ooh. that you are because you're listening to this podcast, you are definitely obsessed with travel and getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things, having adventures, all of the things, go check out our Travcess merch. Um, we launched our, we officially launched our website. It is up and running, um, officially, officially. Last week. Last week. <laughs> I'm Travcess.com. But we have awesome hats and sweatshirts and shirts that are, say, Travcess obsessed with travel with like the plane and the runway. It's, it's a vibe. Like even if this wasn't our brand oh, yeah. as a traveler, yeah. I'd be like, that's so cool. Like, I want that. Yeah. It says a lot about you as an individual, which which we love. Yeah. I I totally agree. I think it's super cool. So go check those out at imtravses.com and make sure to tag us at imtravses when you are out and about wearing your cool gear. Or no, what are they? Merch. Merch. Our merch just dropped. There's going to be new new merch dropping soon. Yeah. We're creating a, a cool new shirt too. So... Anywho, let's get into the episode. What's up, Alex and Keaton? So glad you guys are here. Uh, We have our coffee this morning. I don't know if you guys have anything to sip on. Water. There we go. So cheers. Welcome Welcome. to the Charles House Podcast, you guys. We are so excited to have you guys here. Yeah, we're super so, happy to be here. Super excited. Yeah. Here, so, this is my disclaimer. If you hear children in the background, or one of us oh, yes. ears, come back. Yeah. <laughs> Which we're going to get into. I was going to totally. ask you, but I was like, okay, I was going to ask you where the children were, but I was like, we'll wait till we like get into it. Because we want to we wanna dig into so much with you guys. Like, you guys are a traveling couple. You traveled, and then you stopped traveling. You had some kids. Started traveling again in a fifth wheel, which you're currently doing now. And so we want to like dig into all of that stuff with you guys. Um, but first, kind of taking it back to when you guys 
first decided to travel. So like the first time before the kids, before the RV, all of the things like kind of what was life like for you guys then? And why did you decide to start traveling? Like yeah, what we'll was that? that yeah. To be jumping this crazy life. Okay. So, um, so when we graduated college, he decided he was going to go to PT school and I had graduated with my nursing degree and Initially, I, as a tech, I like worked, sorry, um, <laughs> I was like, I realized my arm was going to fall. Yeah. Um, I know. We're tight squeezes over here. We're like trying to get into the stuff. This is with your hands. You're like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I graduated, I graduated nursing school and decided, um, I was, well, I initially was going to work at the hospital I was working at, like while I was in nursing school. And then. This one decided he was going to go to PT school, so um, it kind of changed our plans. So we moved to Southern Missouri, which was kind of our first experience, like living away from home. Like we completely uprooted um, and started over, like two and a half hours from home. And then um, my job was like a baptism by fire kind of like new grad experience. Like I learned a lot, and I'm really thankful for my experience. But it was like such a toxic work environment and so i was like a year and a half in his program was three years long and i was like <clears throat> looking at well first of all we were on one income which is like nothing if you're a nurse Especially in southern missouri yeah and so um i've been working like tons of overtime and like you know picking up all these incentive chips and i had to take call and all this stuff and i started looking at travel jobs and i was like this is stupid like i was like i'm working night shifts so i don't see him like for three nights in a row anyway sometimes more like sometimes i would work five night shifts in a row like it was insane and so i was like why wouldn't i drive like two or three hours from where we're living and double my income like how it, like it seemed like a no-brainer like when we started talking about it and it was funny because i brought up i was like yeah then when you graduate you can travel too and he was like eh. <laughs> so that was an interesting situation um so actually when she brought it up the piece she's leaving out is she came home on birthday uh being working for a year and a half hey keaton i got hey, Hold on. hey, hey. I said, don't worry I'm hey guys we we lost you your picture is gone Okay, so we had a couple, a few technical difficulties, but we are back. That's how travelers roll. We roll with the punches, baby. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, we didn't say this before, but you guys are in New Mexico somewhere in a campground, right? Currently, we're speaking to you from. I'm sorry, we're having a uh, sound problem with the girls. <laughs> oh. That's okay. This is real life. This is traveling with your kids in your camper, right? Yeah. So you you had asked earlier what the kids were doing right now. They currently have Alex's phone or watching Frozen and just discovered the volume button. Oh. That's, that's where we are. Uh, but yeah, so we're at a campground right now living in the RV in uh, Albuquerque. I'm not going to anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a whole different story. But yeah, diving back into where we were, kind of how we got here. Um, Alex came home on her birthday and basically told me flat out when I was in business school, hey, I quit my job. Which panicked me a little bit, you know. I I was in school, I wasn't due to graduate for another year and a half. We had no other income at the time. Um, and so I went to class that day. She was like, I'm going to figure something out, don't worry. And then within three hours, she called me and said she had a job offer to work in Jefferson City. And was making 
double, double. two and a half times yeah. what we were okay. making. It's crazy. So wait, Alex, you just said he, you guys are married, and you're like, I just quit my job, and but don't worry, well, I'm figuring okay. this out. I love it. I had like researched it, so I'd like talked to a recruiter. It was kind of like a six month long, like, should I do it? Should I not? We had gotten married. <laughs> we may get it. We may get a guest. Yes. Uh, should I good life? So, yeah, it had been like a six month long process of like uh, talking to a recruiter, doing research, looking at like how much it would cost for me to stay out of town, things like that. And so I basically like had like four shifts in a row or something. And I came home and I was like, this is stupid. There was a lot of like political stuff at work. A lot of like unfair, what I call was unfair things going on. Too. Yeah, we had had a couple travelers, so I talked to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, I was like, okay, like I basically <clears throat> was. I mean, I stayed PRN at my full time job for a minute, so I did stay PRN. But I was like, you know, I like had a verbal offer. I quit my permanent job. And then I signed my contract like later that day or something like that. I was lucky because back then, you know, the market's crazy now, but it, I was lucky in that it moved really quickly then. But we were also living in like rural Missouri. So I think they probably didn't have like tons of job applicants either. So, right. So you kind of thought then I'm going to take this as like a travel job while like he finishes school and all of that. And then that kind of then led to being like, actually, maybe we should really do this. And like move around. Yeah, so I like approached him. I actually found this is so crazy, but like Jared Casaza's like first blog post. Like I literally like started reading like right at the same time he started writing when he was just writing about like um, travel therapy and not so much about like finance stuff like he got into. And so I found them and I was like, it was like the only thing out there about, um, that I found about travel PT. And I think I was Googling travel physical therapy, which is probably why I didn't find Julia. Um, Cause he was like the only physical therapist that was like. Okay. okay so we are back for a second time. <laughs> this, this was a video podcast, but due to the lifestyle of healthcare travelers, we are always out and about and can't always rely on our internet activities and and strength so well, we have to be flexible and adapt and like, here we are here we are we're keeping it moving that's right okay <laughs> so alex and keaton are back yeah. <laughs> and okay so alex you were talking about how you guys kind of transitioned from doing this from like just a quick gig while keaton finishes school you found the pt blog and then how that led into you guys actually making the leap to start real traveling yes so i guess i can let keaton talk about kind of like traveling as a new grad pt because that was uh I, I, you know as nurses we have to have i had 18 months of experience um so usually that's like the bare minimum they suggest um but uh with pts there's opportunities to, their clinicals are different so there's opportunities to like travel as a new grad yeah, so for me, the our entire third year of PT school is all clinical work. So we had, I had been effectively in the clinic for over a year by the time I started traveling. 
Um, now, what I hadn't done was been completely on my own. You know, as a student, I always had my clinical instructor looking over my shoulder, watching my work. You know, you get a feel for the clinics you're at and kind of the way they do things. So stepping as a new grad with no guidance into a, a new setting was pretty difficult. Um, the problem I ran into is with PTs, a lot of times, if you don't have any experience, you kind of get bottom of the barrel as far as jobs go. They will, they're looking for anyone who will, they're looking for a living body is what they're looking for. And so I ended up in skilled nursing for almost the first full year of my career. And you also didn't um, have the best recruiter and I also, advocating for you. Yes, and I also didn't have the best recruiter. I also had an added challenge. I had an added challenge of um, having to try and find my placements near where Alex was working. So PT mm. in general, the job opportunities come when they come up. You don't have as long ahead of time. They can't predict needs quite as well as they can with nursing. So inevitably, Alex would pick up whatever, wherever we were going next and about two months before we would go. And then I would spend the next two months trying to find a job in and around that area. So that's how I landed in kind of in skilled nursing facilities, which the job itself, I never particularly minded. Um, but back then, before, you know, a lot of the law changes and everything like that, um, it was a lot easier to see where directors in rehab of rehab were trying to just push for minutes instead of what was actually best for the patient. And so I struggled a lot with that in my first year as a new grad. I learned a lot. Um, you know, talk about trial by fire. That was uh, definitely at my first job in Wisconsin. But, um, you know, after that, um, after that first year, I actually took a break when we were in Seattle and then moved into rehab. And then from there, kind of bounced around. I've done a little bit of everything now, skilled nursing, rehab, outpatient, um, home health, and acute. And by the time I got around to really a year and a half in, I felt pretty confident what I was doing. Well, and I feel like you had to learn like your voice to like speak up when you saw stuff that was just like plain wrong. Because there were a couple times that... Like he kind of got into like ethical like dilemmas where he had to. <laughs> yeah, there's a. Where he had to discourse. decide. Like one time I remember like a someone had like messaged him like as we were leaving an assignment, but like his contract date was over and we were in like another state and they tried to tell him that he needed to go back. He, they were like, oh, we need you to go oh, back nice and minutes. chart this thing for like reimbursement or whatever. And I was like, no, like, don't do that. Because <laughs> like, that's just, it's all about money. And so they were like, oh, well, if you didn't chart this one specific thing, I was like, well, if they were worried about that, they should have, like, so, so that, thing before you that left, case thing. specifically, um, they wanted me to go back in. And I think they had a gap where they didn't have a working therapist. They wanted me to be discharges on the patients that I had worked with. Um, now, the problem with that is it's any any licensed therapist can read through the notes and do discharge notes on patients that they haven't technically done, which is how that works. So if I don't discharge a patient, let's say on like Friday and my contract ends, the therapist coming after me on Monday could read through my notes, gather all the correct information, assuming I documented well, and do the discharge, which is what they had me do at the start. However, they had a therapist who refused to do that when they came in. And so they were trying to pull me back on board to do it. And I was like, well, no, my contract's over. I'm not going to do that because I don't work for you now. It was it was a really strange situation. But you kind of had to like learn. You had to find your voice when it came to well, stuff and, like that. And yeah, and there was a lot of pieces that, you know, especially on the billing aspect for PT, that they didn't, you know, they certainly don't teach us in school. 
And it took me a long time to learn the intricacies of each piece of the puzzle. You know, the way we build an acute is different than the way we build an outpatient is different than home health, you know? And so every time I went to a new setting, it felt like I was doing that again and having to relearn, you know, how and why. Which, right. you know, I'm five, so I'm five years out now having done, you know, two years of outpatient, two years of rehab and a year of skilled nursing effectively and some home health sprinkled in there. I think I've got a really good handle on it now, but it's one of those, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, you know, this is kind of like a side street and we can edit this out if, if you don't want to talk about it, Alex, but I think, you know, you know, we've been traveling for 10 years. We've never really dealt with something where we had ethic, like we had to kind of make a decision of, I don't feel like my patients are safe or I feel like this is wrong what's happening. And I know that this is something that does come up in mm -hmm. traveling, especially with nursing, with PTs. And I know that you just left a job, Alex, and started a new one because you felt like things weren't kind of going the, the way that you thought maybe they should. I don't know if you want to talk about that. I'm just like, that's kind of hard to do to speak up for yourself and then decide that you're ending a contract and you're leaving. But I know this comes up for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. And even looking back, I don't know that Keaton would have ended any of his contacts. He probably would have just like been direct with people. But like in the scenario that I was in, this was the first time. So that it was my 12th contract. Um, and I've worked a lot of like really, really busy places. I've had like pediatrics, typical ratios, like three to one, four to one. Um, and I have been in places where I've taken five or six patients. And so like, I know how to, how to, you know, juggle and manage my time pretty well at this point. Um, so I was, uh, I was uh, in a situation where I had like a really, really crazy day. There were a lot of things that I was like, this seems like it's not safe. And, um, you know, but like when you're in it, you're just trying to survive it. So I was at work mm -hmm. that day from like 6.45 until 9.45. Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And then I like didn't really have time to process like how bad it was because I was literally just trying to keep my patients alive and get them bare minimum of what they needed. I can't even say I gave like great care that day. And then the next day, um, it started all over the again, and it was basically the same thing. Um, and they had floated one of our staff members at the unit that day, and I was like. It hit like noon and I was like, oh, I was like, I think this is, this is the point where like the line is drawn. Like, I was like, I don't think I keep doing this. Like, mm -hmm. um, just like for, I was in an ICU. I had three patients the first day and then the other nurse had two patients and they were all very sick. Um, we had patients that were like needing blood pressure medications and, um, like um had been recently extubated were like not oriented confused um we had patients with like icp monitoring which is uh a lot of times like a one-to-one -one or very like if they're paired they're paired with low acuity and um uh, in addition i was traveling off the floor with my patients and so there was like essentially no one to like watch 
the patients that I was leaving on the floor. And so that for me was kind of the line where I was like, okay, this is where I can like clearly document and say like, this is not safe. Like I'm leaving an ICU status patient in the unit. I'm, I'm leaving the unit because all ICU patients have to travel with a nurse, which you guys probably know since you're in radiology. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, and rightfully so. And so I'm taking my ICU patient downstairs, leaving another one or two ICU patients upstairs. And I know for a fact, like my charge nurse has barely sat down at the nurse's station. So like, who's watching my kids that I'm leaving behind? Right. Um, and so that's where I was kind of like, oh, oh. And then I also started like, I missed a couple of orders, like completely, like, didn't realize that I needed to do them, didn't have time to sit and look at my like new orders. Um, and I've never, ever done that. Like, I've never been one to just like, completely miss something. Like if I miss something or if something's late, it's because I've made a choice to like, manage my time and prioritize things, which happens a lot in ICU. But I've never just flat out like not known an order existed because I haven't had time to look at my like charting or my uh, new orders for my doctors. Mm -hmm. And um, that's when I was kind of like, oh, these are things that like I could actually get in trouble for as a professional and against my license. Mm -hmm. And so luckily I was really, um, I was really supported by my company. I actually texted my um, recruiter. So I worked a Sunday, Monday, and the Sunday was the really, really bad day. Monday was pretty much just as bad. And Monday night I got off and I texted her, I sent her a voice message and was just kind of explaining everything. And she told me, she was like, you don't have to go to work again if you don't want to, which was amazing. Like she was like, if you feel like you can't safely go to work, then I will support you. I will back you up. And she was like, but also, um, if you want to give two weeks notice because you need income, like, we can also set really hard boundaries with the hospital. And if they don't support those boundaries, the understanding is that like, you will not work anymore for them. Um, so I was really, really lucky there that my recruiter basically like, I explained like, I just kind of hit like the tip of the iceberg, right? Um, when I sent her messages and she was just like, here are your options. We support you 100%. Like, do what you feel like you need to do. Um, and then she was also like, as soon as we give notice to your current facility, like ethically, we can start submitting you to other contracts. So she was like on it, man. She was like sending me like contract after contract after contract, like here are all the things, like here are the most, um, uh, the quickest start dates, like things like that. Um, and she just really like came, came through for me in that situation, which I cannot like, appreciate enough because I know there's companies that would probably be like, no, we're gonna, we're not gonna like, you know, piss off this company or this hospital because you are unhappy basically. So, and it was a big, it was a big facility and it was, uh, I mean, this won't give too much away, but it was in Omaha, which is where like a lot of uh, companies are based. So, I mean, I feel like that says a lot too, because I'm assuming most of the companies don't want to like go, against a lot of the facilities in Omaha because they're like local, you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. I think that's like, I think that's like awesome because one, like Kim said, we don't really have a lot of experience to speak on when it comes to unethical 
type of behaviors from a facility, but we do always try to teach the travelers that it's about seeing the bigger picture when really selecting a company and a recruiter that like how much support do you have and, and really having the travelers ask those questions when they are interviewing for a new recruiter, because that is, that is vital. Like you said, I mean, I can't imagine if they would have been like, sorry, basically the relationship with this facility is more important than you. And then you're left on an Island for the entire time and possibly something major happening. Like, I love that she supported you um, and was there for you because that's a really good thing to have as a traveler. Well, and I think just being a traveler, that's also, that would be challenging as far as having the confidence, right, to stand up for yourself, to speak up, to advocate for yourself, to say, hey, like, I don't feel safe. This is different than just like, oh, this contract sucks. I can put my head down and get through 13 weeks and move on. It's like, you didn't feel like your patients were safe. You didn't feel like you were able to do your job and you had the confidence to speak up for yourself and then address it with your company and knowing that the, the facility is also going, you have to speak up to them as well. And and I think that takes a lot of confidence and that there would be, yeah. yeah, you would be really, I personally would be very nervous to do that. Um, well, I would but, just, go ahead, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I would add too that the, the undertone of that is also the second guessing of yourself of like mm-hmm. I just having a bad day. Am I overanalyzing this? Like, of course that's where I go. Cause I mean, there was times that I've texted Kim in this current contract. I'm like, today's my last day. Yeah. And like, yeah. it's, just, it's ridiculous. I'm walking out like, this is crazy. It's nuts. It's not safe. But then I realized that I'm just being really dramatic and the patients are safe. It's just not the way that I like to see things done. And so I think, you know, kudos to you and hats off to you for having the courage to really evaluate that because that's a that's a big step. Yeah, I mean, and I will say like I if I probably took like two days or so to like really like chew on it. And I think the hardest part and Kim and I actually talked about this was like I gave my notice. And so I gave two weeks notice. And the other weird thing was like nobody at the facility talked to me about any of this. So like I told my company and then they handled the communication. I didn't talk to my manager. I didn't talk to the like scheduler. I didn't talk to anyone. Cause I was just kind of like, I don't want to cross any lines that I'm not supposed to cross kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I also like, you know, I work for a smaller company and so they had to go through the vendor, then to the hospital, then to the, you know, so I'm like, I don't know, maybe it took, maybe my manager didn't know I was leaving until two days before I left. I really had no clue. And so, um, I feel like um, it was the almost the harder part was like going to work after I had noticed because I didn't know if people I didn't know if people were like shit talking behind my back. No, I mean like, they, yeah, like I, mean, I think most of the full time staff knew that it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think most of the full time staff knew that it like wasn't ideal, but I don't think that they necessarily knew that it was like at an unacceptable level. Um, so I think, yeah, it was just, it, that, that was probably the worst was going to work for those like two weeks. And then my last day, like nobody acknowledged it was my last day. Nobody, (laughs) I actually had a really horrible, like just like heavy, very emotionally heavy day that day. And then it was kind of ironic because the chart, the girl that was charging was PRN staff. And so she like, didn't really charge very often. And at like six o'clock she was like, 
um, she was like, oh, you can probably go if you want. And because we had lost like a couple patients have gone out that day. And so she was like, you can probably go home if you want. So like she unknowingly let me leave like a half hour early on my last day. And I was like, peace. Like, I cannot get out of here fast enough. This is so awkward. Oh, my wow. God. That's the thing. Is, yeah. yeah. The awkwardness is like, yeah, you have your talk with your company. But yeah, like go because you chose to go back. You weren't like, oh, I'm done. I'm never going back. And then, yeah, the awkwardness of being with the staff, knowing that they do probably know, but then, like, nobody's talking about it. It's, like, mm, Mm -hmm. awkward. But I think, too, for anybody listening that ever finds themselves in this position as a traveler, it's, like, really being able to feel safe to advocate for yourself, even if your recruiter or company is pissed off or even if it's awkward. It's, like, being able to speak up and to feel safe and to know that, there is a difference and you do have to take a step back. Like you said, Aaron, of like, is this like not safe or am I just really pissed off because they're, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off and I've had a really shitty day. Like there's a difference there. And when you know the difference, then you speak up for yourself if it's really bad, you know? Um, Okay. So shifting gears. So you guys decided to take the leap. You started traveling and I'm assuming, well, I don't know, but once you guys got out there, right? So like Key and you decided to get into the PT, you guys are out there you're traveling the country. Were you like, wow, like we've had some, you know, tough times, but all in all, like, I'm so glad we made this decision. And this is such a cool lifestyle and the money you're making and the freedom. Were you guys like, hell yeah, we made the right decision. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in fact, our our plans, I don't want to say they were derailed because of the kids, because they certainly weren't. That was also planned. Um, but COVID derailed our plans. When we had Jade, the plan was only to be home for a year, to be home, be near family, have kiddo, and then take off again. And the travel therapy market tanked with COVID. And so Jade was about four months old when COVID hit. And so we, she would have been you know, it would have been another six months later we were looking to travel and the market still hadn't recovered at that point, which is why, for therapy at least, which is Mm -hmm. why we decided ultimately to stay home as long as we did. But yeah, we were not ready. We weren't ready to quit when we stopped. No, and like, yeah. And I think our experience as full-time staff, mine was a little, I felt a little more like jaded. I feel like going back to full-time staff, Keaton ended up in a pretty... I, yeah, so my, I actually worked two jobs full time. I worked a rehab position that it was a good position, but rehab for me, um, changed with COVID as well. A lot of the things that made it more neurologically based were removed due to like Medicare laws and stuff so that they could get more effectively what ended up being skilled nursing patients into hospitals because they had no place to put them. Um, so the level of care I was providing decreased just because our patient acuity and people couldn't tolerate like what inpatient rehab requires during COVID. And so I was real frustrated with that and made the switch to outpatient with one of my former clinical instructors who he taught me a lot. And then um, I actually ended up at a clinic with a good friend of mine now who he and I just had a great chemistry as far as working with patients back and forth that way. So I ended up in a really good position. So the hardest part for me is you know, it was staying in that same spot. Like I had a good spot and if I could have packed that job up and taken it with me around the country, I would have been fine. But Mm. ultimately being home in Kansas city was great for family. Um, but all the stuff we love to do, all the stuff we wanted to see wasn't there. And that was ultimately like, and uh, you know, we went home too. part of the reason was I was like, Oh, I need to be on like 
permanent insurance because I'm going to have a baby and be a responsible mother and all this thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that we didn't really take account is like we got home in, I started my job July in July and I had my uh, Jade, my oldest in November. And um, my insurance kick in until like end of September. It was like, cause there was like, you know, so many days waiting period and all this stuff. So like, which was fine. Cause we had been paying, um, we had been paying cash for our visits anyway. And ultimately, honestly, like as long as you have an uncomplicated pre- pregnancy, that's really not that big of a deal. Um, but it was one of those things that like the things, the quote unquote benefits I thought I was coming home for, I didn't really get because like my insurance didn't kick in till the end. And then, um, you know, Missouri doesn't have any laws on like paid maternity leave. So I got whatever PTO I had accrued in that time that I was there at my job, which was like a week and a half. I don't even think it was that long. I think it was like maybe two weeks. So like, I didn't even get a paid maternity leave. So that wasn't any different than if I had been traveling and I was making less money. So like hindsight is like, I almost wish we would have gone and like maybe taken local contracts or something because we would have made more money. The only benefit was, were we on separate insurance at that yeah, time? Yeah, we didn't have okay. to worry about COBRA, I guess. Well, and because we were on separate insurance, um, I ended up needing a knee surgery in the midst of all that. So I took oh, yeah. leave. That was good, while, I guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Because we had separate insurance instead of family insurance, we paid two, like, between her hospital visits and then my surgery, we paid down two deductibles that year. Wow. Plus wow. That <laughs> so, so, yeah, really, so the travel on, income would have been handy. Right. So you well, guys, <laughs> you guys knew that. Okay, you were going home. The plan was you were gonna have Jade, and then you were you knew you were gonna get back into traveling at some point. COVID happened, and then you guys had another baby, baby CC, and then yeah, you've heard in the background. Yeah, who's been who's been with us on the podcast today, and so you guys had two kids. And then when did you know, like, you were like, okay, let's give this a go now that we have, like, two kids. Like, let's jump back into traveling. Like, what the, like, what was that like? Well, so, so I think, it, well, it was me again. Well, well, I think it was, it was a combination. So the, honestly, this is where we sound more like all the other travelers that started during COVID. Um, a lot of it was financial for us. Um, the cost of two kids in daycare at this time is astronomical. And so we were very fortunate. My oldest sister, uh, she has four kids of her own. Three of them are in our like school age. She actually spent, what, probably nine months? Yeah. Total nine months watching our kids for daycare when Alex went back to work and I was working full time. Yeah. And we were paying her and everything, but we weren't paying her effectively fair market value but she was just she basically had said hey we had trouble when we had to i had a friend come through for me let me help take care of your kids and so what happened is we started discussing like okay how can we make a little extra money how can we do this and my sister called me one day sometime not too long after christmas in 22 and said hey when summer hit can't do this anymore because i can't have six kids at home you know i've got my own kids that are trying to raise and she was like all torn up about it and that's when Alex was like, well, what if we tried traveling again with kids? See how it went. So, yeah, because effectively she had two, she had one in preschool, one at home full time. So she only had like three or four at a time, like during school, but she knew like once summer break came, 
uh, she didn't want to have like all four kit, all four of her kids plus our two, but she gave us six months notice. Um, so we kind of had some time to like sit back and like really think about what options we had. So wow. ultimately what we ended up doing is Alex took a contract in St. Louis uh, starting in January of 2022 while I worked full-time in Kansas City. And so the way it worked out is she worked nights, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. I worked during the days, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, four tens. And my sister had the kids Monday and Friday. And so basically I had the kids on the weekend in St. Louis. Like I would drive them out to spend the weekend in St. Louis with her. Then my sister had them starting the end of the week. And then Alex had them while I was at work during the week. Yeah. And that Which was... It was like a pretty nice setup as far as like I was able to be home with the girls like Monday evening through like Friday morning. And then, um, you know, I, he it was kind of a test. I always joke it was like a test run for Keaton being a stay at home dad because he got to see like what it was really like to have the girls like all day long on like Saturdays and Sundays. So, yeah, I had no help at all because she slept during the day. And so we got a couple hours, you know, in the evenings where we would hang out and see them, that kind of thing. But it ultimately, yeah, it was a good test run. And I was driving, you know, it's probably 200 miles from KC to St. Louis. I was driving 400 miles a week just back and forth to do that to make sure we got to see her. Because I didn't want to sit at home in Kansas City and not see her all weekend, you know. Right. And and Cece was still so little at the time. She, she was, was still breastfeeding, swept. too. Oh, yeah, that was the other part was like having her nurser but so it was like kind of a test run slash like a good way to save up money so we took that three months i would make like a killer rate because it was weekend nights and mm -hmm. i literally we paid off our car which we owed like what twelve thousand dollars on when we started it yeah so we paid like we paid off essentially like half of our car half of our car loan um so that we didn't have a car payment anymore and then just like saved money with the anticipation of like, if this goes well, then we're going to actually like, I'm going to quit my PRN job. He's going to quit his full-time job and we're going to like do this for real, for real. And so in May, we, that's, that's what, we what we ended up doing. And yeah, we it felt like a giant game of chicken. because She didn't think I was going to quit. Yeah. I was not convinced. He, well, his gig was pretty sweet. He was working four ten, So he had Tuesdays off and he was five minutes from our house. So oh it was God. like a really good situation for him. But like at the end of the day, we knew that if we were at home working like quote unquote regular jobs, um, if we paid for full-time childcare, like we had no money left to do anything fun. Like, right. you know, and we were, we were back in that situation where we were like planning this like two week trip to Utah that we wanted to do. And that was like it. That was like, we are going to take our two weeks to our little road trip and like that would be our vacation for the year. And the other thing that kept coming up is like when you have kids, um, you know, especially like the first like year, year and a half, they like have to run through all the different like illnesses and stuff. And so we were constantly having to use like our call apps or our PTO. Like, that was the other thing is I was like, oh, we'll have PTO. That'll be so nice. But then like, I lost all, of my Keaton, all of Keaton's PTO went to he had to, we were off for COVID and then like hot water at work because we were calling in because like our kids were you know running a right. fever or like throwing up and it was just like it's so and I, I will say this like again and again and again it is so valuable to have a parent that is able to stay home full time because 
just so many like random things come up and it's just nice to have someone that's like able to kind of hold down the fort at home and then you're not trying to juggle the like sick kid thing that was probably the hardest for us it's better now like they're not sick as often but when they're really little like it's just inevitable like you know they're at daycare they run like a tiny fever and the daycare is like oh you can't come back for 24 hours you're off like two days of work usually because it's like okay well they started running the fever at noon and so i have to leave today and call in tomorrow because daycare won't take them back you know so it's just, right we got into that cycle where we, we were like not really we didn't really have a lot of fun money and we didn't really have a lot of time to do fun things and we were like we're not we just can't live like this anymore like we were like and we probably just had a taste of the good life traveling previously so we were like okay like we know that there's a better way <laughs> well and also sorry i'll just say and then you can say also um i think knowing too coming from traveling right and then going back to full time like you know, and Aaron and I talk about this all the time that, you know, one of us can work and make way more, way more money than if both of us were working a full-time job. So it's like to be able to have that freedom to be like, oh, Alex can just work or Keaton can just work or right now Aaron's just working and we're still making way more money than we were making when we were working full-time. So it's like, it gives you that sort of financial support and freedom to have to make those kinds of decisions where a full-time time job, you know, like if we were both working full time, we would have to both be working full time, you know, so. Right. And in healthcare, like your days (laughs) off don't always line up. Like I was working a lot of weekends so that like we didn't have to worry about childcare. So yeah, it was just, you know, a lot of our, our days off were actually not spent like together, which is the nice part too, of only having one person working. Right. And Kim, to go back to that point, uh, you, you're exactly right. I had a lot of patients who were really bummed out that I was leaving and everything like that. They said, well, well, why are you doing this? Why are you guys not trying to do it now? Is it just the travel? And I was like, let me paint you a picture. We're working full time. She's working weekends while, and on my day off to try and limit how much we're paying for childcare, how much we're relying on family. And her job in St. Louis was making two and a half times what we were combined in Kansas City which is just astounding that she could work three 12 hour shifts mm-hmm. and make more than double what we were putting in, you know, 80 hours a week. Right. Totally. So, totally. Yeah, I think that was a huge piece. That was a huge piece for us. No, absolutely. I and think it's great. Too, I had taken, I, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, there's like a lag. So I yeah, think... go ahead. Go ahead. Keaton. Would... Yeah. Yeah. So, so all I was going to say is, and the time off piece of it, so when I started full-time, we got back, we were home effectively three years. It was June of 2019 until uh, May of 2022. And in that time off, apart from my surgery, where I was off for three, I was off for three months, I had, or off for two months, two mm-hmm. months, I was two off months. for two months. Aside from that, though, I had two weeks off for Cecilia when she was born, and we took one 10-day trip to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And that was all of our vacation that we were able no, it was to like use. like five days. You had 10 days off. I had 10 days yeah. off though, on that stretch, yeah. But that was all of our vacation in three years. Wow. Whereas, like, because I had taken time off here in Seattle, I'd only worked, like, six months out of the year and made more money in 2018. Right. Totally. No, I think... like, it's, it's real easy to justify it looking at that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's what we talk about all the time. I mean, it's just, like, the freedom. I do think... It's crazy, though, because if you look at, like, our community, 
you guys are the only ones that I know that started traveling as a married couple, decided to have kids, had kids, got back on the road, and then decided, like, fuck it, we're going to get a fifth wheel and now do RV travel. So I feel like you guys are, like, the travelers that have covered the entire gamut of, like, what you can do as a traveler. And I just think that's so interesting <laughs> The conversations that had to go into that, the decision making, and then also living both sides of that. And just kind of like your opinion on almost like traveling as a married couple, then traveling with kids, and then traveling with kids in an RV. Like, Well, and, and just to piggyback what you're saying, A, where did the idea to do the RV travel? Because I know when you guys traveled the first time, you, you did housing like normal um, so to go into the choosing to do the fifth wheel and kind of what went into that decision and also what is that been like comparing to how you were doing it the first time staying in housing? Yeah, so I guess I'll talk about kind of all the decision making and then maybe Keaton can talk about how because he does a lot of the like engineering as far as the traveling <laughs> with a camper. But so one of the things and this has been true, like. So um, I had like a lot of mental health struggles after our first, I had really bad like postpartum, it was actually like OCD and anxiety, which you don't hear as much about. And so I think one of the biggest things that I give like advice to new moms and parents and stuff like that is just like having a really open mind and mindset and just like learning to let things go is so big, which is like totally against my personality as a baseline. But um <laughs> And that's one of the things that, like, in the last three years, I feel like we've really worked on as, as a couple is just to, like, that, like, your mindset going into everything is so crucial to the outcome. Um, and so, like, when we talked about traveling with kids, we were like, well, like, like I said, we kind of did our trial run with the weekend job and we were like, um, you know, if we go and it's terrible, we can always come back. And then, you know, so just always having that like open mindset of like, we can always change our minds and we can always change like kind of our course if we feel like something's not working and just being really open and honest with each other about it. Um, and then the same thing, like when we took off together, like, I'm not going to lie, there were a few weeks. So our first assignment out of state, like truly we're like, Keaton did not have a job. He was full time with the girls. Um, we the first like few weeks I kind of worried I was like oh I don't know if this is gonna work out because it's such an adjustment period going from like interacting with adults all day to like being a full-time parent which is I mean I guess we're all full-time parents but like you know like he was like I don't know how I'm gonna do this like I clean things and they mess it up and like we do this and like everything just like nothing goes according to plan when you're dealing with two and ours are really close together too so that adds a different level of like difficulty mm -hmm. but um so I was like, no, like, seriously, you need to tell me if this is like not going to work. Like we can, and just, ha and so like, there's that where we have to have like really honest conversations with each other. And then, um, also I feel like being able to just like laugh and like, not even laugh. I won't even say we laugh every time, but just like letting things go, like just being like, you know what? Like it's a wash today. Um, that's been one of our big things, like road tripping with kids. Sometimes we're like, Oh, we have to go like nine hours today and we get like six in and like, we're going to call it like, <laughs> you know, it just are really, really, really like, I know this sounds so cheesy, but like 
mindset has been everything and just and communication i think is a big thing so yeah and so as far as like the actual logistics of it um it, it was hard the transition was difficult because you know it almost becomes an identity question you know i was a physical therapist i did this and this and this and now i am this stay-at-home dad and you know you can't put a value on that but at the end of the day i have my entire life to be a physical therapist I've got a few years that I can take care of these kids at home and be with them 100% of the time, which is huge, huge for me. Mm -hmm. um, as far as like the decision making process and that side of things, um, it was scary. I, I definitely struggled more than she did with the, oh, we can just turn around and, you know, we can go back if we want to. Because I typically look, I, I'm more the financial side and he seemed, and I, I want everything to look good on paper and see how exactly it's going to work out, which is not the case. Uh, in in this realm especially and so like for me that kind of leap to having to see okay let's just see how it goes was a was a difficult change for me um but ultimately you know they were really young that when we first started in richmond Cece was had just turned a year jade was only two and a half she started walking in richmond. she started walking in richmond yeah and so you know already now here we are six months down the road, it's completely different with a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I think that makes it easier because they're more independent, they're more mobile, I can communicate with them a little bit more. Um, and even in St. Louis, I mean, when we first were going out to St. Louis, Cece was still an infant. She was seven months old and Jade had just turned two. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely gotten easier from that point as they've gotten older. But, you know, it's it's ultimately super, super fun. And we've been able to do so much more. Like we've, you know, we obviously went to TravCon with you guys. We were able to go out and stay in Utah and see her brother run an Ironman. We drove to Florida before that trip. Yeah, we've now, so my brother does half Ironman. So we got to see him qualify in Panama City and then compete at um, Ironman Worlds in St. George. Like that stuff, like St. George is like this itty bitty town in Utah. If we weren't traveling, because it was like a, it was like planes, trains, and automobiles. Like you were like, oh, we have to like fly into Vegas and rent a car and then drive to St. George. You know, yeah. So like we wouldn't have had the time off, much less like the money to do that if we weren't traveling. Um, and so, um, and like next year, worlds are in. Well, he's gonna try and qualify for Kona, which is in Hawaii, or um, the half Ironman Worlds is in Finland, right? And so we're sitting here like, oh, we can actually like. We can consider, consider this, yeah. doing those things which like we never would have been able to do and like it's been so good like i feel like i hear other parents that are like oh i can't do this because my kids or i can't do that because my kids and like really like we i feel like have done a, a lot of work to like adapt to things like as a unit instead of being like oh well we're not gonna do xyz because we have kids because i think it's made our kids like they're just better adaptable. humans yeah, yeah. and really? like they're they can handle a lot and they're very um and they get excited about things like we went on the tram yesterday there's a tram that goes up the mountain to um this like restaurant overlooking albuquerque and it's like really freaking cool and i, I we were the only people with kids i think yep and like we're that, we're those people all the time we're like oh like <laughs> We went well, to a winery and sat with our kids. Like well, we had Cece in a stroller at the bar, and we're like, "Well, like if we're allowed to do it, like why not?" You know, I mean, we asked for things like that, but like it's just like I don't know. We we didn't want we didn't want we didn't want to feel like our lives were limited, but also I don't want our kids to feel like we like 
stopped our lives for them. Like that's yeah. been a big thing for me as a parent is I don't want them to feel like they're like a burden or they're like holding us back from things. Well, and I was, it sounds like too, like you guys have brought the kids into your life to adapt to like this lifestyle that you're currently living and having these adventures and being on the road and all these different things, like, and not kind of adapting to maybe what their schedule is, but having them adapt to like your lifestyle, which then in turn, I guess if you start that at an early age, that just becomes kind of the normal of a child, right? That they can just... Well, and I love I love that skill set for the kids of of being adaptable. Mm-hmm. Of, of actually, I feel like a lot of the kids that I've met just in our travels, not only just like within the United States, but international. And there's a lot of parents that take their kids on these crazy backpacking trips, and mm-hmm. they're six months gone from school because they're like, dude, like they'll learn more out here. And those kids are so well rounded and so able to adapt to situations, and they sit at dinner tables with other adults and it's just like wow like it's insane to see um how well-rounded these kids are and i've, I've put that pattern together from noticing the the parenting styles of people that are exactly what you just said about we're gonna have our kids like adapt to our lives instead of adapting through through what we think is is like what their life would be yeah do you think that you guys will do like moving forward that you'll like Keaton, like you are just going to kind of assume the role of a stay at home dad while y'all are traveling. Or do you think that you'll rotate where like Alex will stay home, Keaton will work or what do you think like the system is or, or do you even know that you just take it one contract at a time? Uh, well, so, oh, you- so, well, so thus far the, the biggest deterrent for me traveling right now is that I would make a thousand dollars less a week to work five eighths mm-hmm. versus three twelves for her. So that's been originally our plan had been to kind of rotate. Um, you know, it depends on how things go. I don't think I'm going to go too, too much terribly longer without taking a contract just because I want to change the pace you know, every once in a while too. And I think it's valuable for her to have the time home with the kids as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, you know, as we haven't made any definitive decisions, you know, we've even talked, we've even considered, you know, once Jade is school age, is, is homeschooling something we want to take on, you know, with the RV. Like, it's it's a lot easier to pack up and go place to place with the RV compared to doing traditional housing. Hang on just a second. Oh, okay, I'll take over. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, we've discussed homeschool, and I think if we homeschooled, I don't know, we might have to like commit more to like this is the parent that's like driving the homeschool idea um just for the kids consistency but um the other thing is with like the reason we haven't rotated a whole lot is you know i work three days a week and so like right now we're in the middle of a six-day stretch off and that would never happen with a physical therapy contract like the best he would get would be like four tens um so it honestly has allowed us just a lot more Sorry. <laughs> a lot more flexibility to um, travel and go do things, mm-hmm. um, spend time together. Whereas, like, if he was at a PT job, we'd be looking at, like, a more Monday through Friday. But we also probably need to rotate, at least to keep his resume, like, somewhat, like, fresh and his, like, skills and stuff, like, up. Um, yeah, we talked about maybe in the spring. He'll take a contract, even if we have to take a financial, like, hit for it. Yeah, totally. I think I think Kim and I have even seen that in, in our lifestyle because of the fact that, 
you know, IR, yeah, we have call, but typically I am 8 to 5.30, four tens, if not, you know, five eights, but it's still like my schedule is daytime, uh, whereas mm-hmm. we've been seeing a lot of contracts for her being variable shifts and weekends and, you know, Nights and calls. ultrasound's gone more 24-7 kind of style, and the travelers are usually filling those those holes and so we've just been like you know i i'll take this because it works you know money is is typically around the same with us so that's not kind of like a deciding factor but i always have a better schedule which has led to me working and now kim's almost a year and a half not scanning which we've been in like a weird kind of thing of like okay are we approaching that time where kim no longer works in the hospital right yeah, because it's like you let your, I mean, I've been a sonographer for 15 years, so it's easy for me to like pick it back up, but it is, it's that, okay, you know, you have, you want to be able to keep your skills up. Um, but I do, again, just going back to, I love the fact that we have this freedom to make these choices, right? Like you guys get to decide, Hey, do I, do you want to stay home next Alex? And like, I'm going to work so you can be with the girls and like, and then you can go back and forth or you can decide to homeschool or not. Like, it's just the freedom that we have to make these kinds of decisions. I think it's such a cool part of this lifestyle. And I know like we get a lot of questions um, in our Facebook group of just like, hey, I want to travel, but I have kids. Like, do people actually do this? Is this a thing? And obviously we don't have kids. So we, you know, we know people that travel with kids. We have no advice for that. But what would you guys say to somebody who's like, hey, I really want to travel. I have young kids, so maybe they're not in school yet like your girls. What would be like any tips or advice that you would give people who want to take the leap but are scared to do it with children? Like any any advice? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, like I said, just having a, an open mindset, realizing that like as much as we try to make our kids you know, adjustable and adaptable. Like there are going, things just move slower with kids. I feel like, and that's like with everything, like, I mean, just getting out the door in the morning is not as efficient and, you know, we're three years in now. So it's a lot easier to like accept that, but it's kind of hard at the beginning. But then like, there was like a readjustment when we started road tripping a lot with the kids. Cause we were like, Oh, we used to, you know, be able to make a 12 hour drive in one day easily Whereas now we're more likely to be like, oh, we need to break that up into like two days, you know. We've actually started driving overnight a lot because that's one of the few things in my skill set is I do really enjoy driving and it's a lot easier. I just put all three of the girls to bed and I drive overnight places. Yeah. (laughs) That way we don't don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And they sleep and they're not like, you know, getting restless. Um, So it's just kind of like... it's harder to like push it. I feel like when you have kids, cause if they're tired or they're grumpy, like sometimes, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You have to be, be like, you know what? Enough is enough. Like I, we did that one night. Uh, we were like, we were driving separately and I had the girls and I had literally just finished like an Alani energy drink and Keaton had just finished a bang, but we were like calling each other on the road and the girls like lost their shit. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Like, I can't do this. Like I was planning on driving to like, one two in the morning and it was like 10 p.m and we like pulled off and we were sleeping in our camper so we just like pulled off and got in the camper and then we talked about it the next morning and we said we were both laying there like wide, wide awake <laughs> because we had <laughs> energy drinks and we were like oh shit well, so so that particular instance that was when we had first gotten the rv and we're coming back from uh richmond to kansas city 
but I was picking up uh, a mantle from my grandparents' house in Ohio for that. So we were taking different routes. Yeah, we were going like crazy. And so for, as I mentioned, I I don't mind driving at night at all. And so my plan had been, I was going to drive almost all the way to Ohio and get there at three or four in the morning and then pick up the thing and then drive the rest of the way home while she was going the other direction. Well, because we were still close enough when she called me, we were like, oh, well, we can save money on like a hotel. We can just stay in the camper on the side of the road, that kind of thing. But we were, we were both completely wired. And I remember laying there until like one or two in the morning thinking like, oh, I could be in this state by now. I could be in this state by now. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Well, and I think it's just like making that choice. Like we, and this is like, here's some marriage advice for you too. (laughs) Just making that choice. Like obviously we've been together for 15 years. Like we piss each other off all the time. It's just reality. Whatever. But like, and but it's like you have to make a choice of like what's worth it what's not worth it when you're gonna just kind of be like accept it and move on and I feel like traveling with kids has just like amplified that like times 10 because it's like when the kids are losing their mind it doesn't help if one of us starts like spiraling as well like so it's but like we're adults so we have the choice to be like I'm going to take a deep breath like take control of my emotions like i mean sometimes one of us like puts our headphones in and like does the dishes or something because it's like you just need to like get in your own head and like away from everybody else and um but it's like making that conscious decision of like we chose to do this we want to make this work like we're all in it together we're on the same team Uh, i think that's a lot of the um a lot of what we repeat to each other when we're like Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, like, kids can't regulate their emotions and, like, they'll be, like, losing their mind and we're, like, ah! And then you naturally want to start taking that out on each other. But mm-hmm. um, you have to remind yourself, like, we're in this together. We're on the same team. Like, it's not it's not benefiting anybody if, like, one of us starts, like, freaking out. So. And, and the other side, too, getting back specifically to dealing with the kids is, especially living in an RV, we're in a small enclosed space with four people and two small children. And so knowing each other's two adults and two small children. Well, yeah, <laughs> there's no other no, adults. <laughs> anyways, but like knowing knowing each other's strengths and weaknesses, whether it's household wise, whether and particularly with the kids, has been vital. Because like she said, there's moments where you know we have not great days. The kids aren't going well. You know we've maybe been more snippy to each other than we should be. But knowing that, like, okay, even when she's exhausted, I'm exhausted, and the girls are having a problem X, Y, or Z. I know that bedtime and nap time is my skill set. So no, the last thing I want to do right now is have to be in charge of bedtime and everything. But I know what's best for everybody involved in the situation is if I just take over and do it. Mm-hmm. And there's several instances when we're out in public, a lot of times if the kids are being a little bit more, you know, rambunctious, that kind of thing, I get more frustrated with that than she does. So she's better at corralling the kids like if we're out at a restaurant than I am. Mm-hmm. And so knowing each other's strengths and when to say, nope, I got this, don't worry. We're both tired, we're both stressed, we're both upset, but I can do X while you do Y is like been really vital. Yeah, and then the only other thing I can that came up as he was saying this is like the really, I think the hardest part about traveling with kids um, in the sense of like, tra- like travel... Yeah. Mm-hmm.
You're so freaking close. Oh. oh, wait. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, I don't know what happened. Okay. I'm just going to keep talking. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, so I think the hardest part about, like, being away with small kids has been um, just figuring out how to get, like, our alone time both, like, separately and together as well. Um, so that's probably been, like, we don't really feel confident, like, hiring, like, babysitters and stuff that we don't know. And so we haven't really, like, delved like gone into that but like you know there's days where like i can tell keaton's just been like you know burning out like three in a row at the hospital or something a lot of times i come you know the next day they're all home um he's a little burnt and i'll be like okay girls we're like going to target like it's not even that big of a deal but like just leave keaton's an introvert and so like letting him have his alone time for a few hours while we like go run errands or something is really helpful and then the other thing that and then like all i i usually will be like oh i'm gonna go like a lot of times i'll like go to a coffee shop or something and like read or work on uh, you know like my um business side of things and so um that's been really important is like being more consciously aware of that. Cause like at home I could be like, Oh, I'm going to take the kids to my mom's house while I run errands or something. Mm -hmm. And then uh, also the other thing that has been like a must is having a gym yep. with childcare. Yep. Because I, I can't believe how much of a difference that has made. So I, I was an athlete in college then got away from it when I was in school and stuff. And I have been more consistent working out with kids since we started traveling because at the same time, uh, you know, it's important to like get that time for yourself. Having a gym with childcare is my hour, hour and a half break during the day. Mm -hmm. So when I'm with the kids, you know, three days in a row, we go to the gym every single day and they love it. They get socialization, you know, there's usually toys to play with. We've done what YMCA in the past. There's a new one we're at called Define Fitness here. Yeah, we're at like um, a local gym. No, it's like a local gym. But having that childcare option gets them socialization that they maybe don't get as much unless we're going to like the park or something. But also just having that time to myself, I'm probably in better shape now than I've been since I graduated college, Yeah, which is insane. Well, and then like, sometimes we'll like take, you know, we'll take the kids to childcare and then like at the end, maybe we'll like stretch or roll out or something. Cause we don't usually work out together, but we'll like do something like at the end where we can actually like sit and have a conversation, um, which is really important I think for our relationship. And so, and yeah, it's been so good. Like I've been so impressed with the gym childcare. It's just like, they literally like will have like whole like art projects that they're doing or like themes for the week. Like they, mm -hmm. and it's almost like since the kids are in and out so much, like the, the caregivers aren't as like worn out, you know, it's not like they're dealing with like the one like kid that misbehaves all day long. And so they're just kind of like super happy to see all the kids and they seem like really bubbly and energetic. And that's been like everywhere we've been like the YMCA and then this new gym we're at. But yeah, it's been, um, and you know, I have always done CrossFit. I really like like classes and things like that. And so that was kind of a hard like pill for me to swallow was like, this is just the stage of life I'm in. But like, I'm trying to like embrace it because it is, I would rather go to the gym and be able to drop them off at daycare. Cause I have taken the girls to CrossFit with me and it's just like, you have to bring like entertainment and snacks and all these things. And like, sometimes you're like working out and then like they need something and you don't want them to disrupt the class. And so you're not really able to like focus on you. And so, um, it's been really nice to like have that time where I'm like not trying to like half parent my kid, half workout. So. Yeah. Well, it's like, I think that's such a good pro tip too, because 
you know, being able, like even Keen, like you said, you're with the girls, right, all day, but then you know that like that's your time, that you can drop them off for an hour and a half and you still get a relief to take care of yourself, to fill yourself up so that you can then go and be present with your girls, you know? Like, I think you guys have just, you're showing people what's possible, right? Well, well I was gonna add, like we always say in our sign-offs, map your own path and always stay says, but you guys have literally mapped your own path. And that is like such a cool thing for people. It's almost like um, when people have excuses, I'm just gonna be like Alex and Keaton. Like, that's my answer. Like, no excuses, make it work. And you guys are paving that path, and I love that. Well, and it's like you guys, obviously, like you're saying, like you're not perfect, you don't have it all figured out, but like you're, you're figuring it out as you go, and you're coming up with systems and structures that work for you and your family, and showing other people, like you can travel with kids, and you can, you know, have these adventures and create a lifestyle that aligns with how you want to live and how you want to raise your children, and... You know, not only do you guys have two kids, you both, you know, you, you both work in, in healthcare, right? So you, like one at a time right now, but you both work. And then Alex, like you're an entrepreneur, you're building a business on the side. Like you've created stuff for us. Um, anyone who's going on the Patagonia trip, Alex created that amazing guide mm-hmm. and the traveler school workbook. Yep. And, and like, you're so incredibly talented. You're so detail oriented. You're so focused. You're building this copywriting business, like you got. You're like doing everything, and it's almost like how. And I, I mean, you you've already kind of laid it out in so many different ways of just kind of like how you balance all of that. Like you're kind of showing that you're you you can as long as you come up with a system and work together as a team, you really can quote unquote do all of the things in some kind of a way. Yeah, totally. Because I mean, I almost get anxiety just thinking yeah. about the, the work and the kids and the RV and the relationship and yourself <laughs> and the business. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I just, it's, it's impressive. Yeah. I mean, you also can't see what our camper currently looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? That's, that goes back to the like letting things go and prioritizing. No, we're like the, we're the parents that like, oh, the kids go down for a nap and we like clean the whole space. But I will say living in a camper, it gets messy faster, but it's also super easy to clean. I can clean this thing top to bottom in under 30 minutes if I have to. <laughs> yeah, like nice. super nice. So. Seriously, that's what I love about like, yeah. no when we live in small apartments and stuff, like, of course I would love a little bit more space, like maybe an extra room or an office space, but I love living in a small space because it literally takes 30 minutes. Everything is clean. And then you're like, cool, like good to go. And instead of spending like hours cleaning a house, doing all the chores, like, you know, so you have more time to enjoy your adventures, Mm -hmm. you know, and the traveling and, or what else you want to fill it with. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. I was- and that's true. I think that's, that's been the big thing is like we get to work on our terms. We get to like, you know, spend like whole day off, like doing household tasks. Like it's all based around like what our priorities and our values are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think too, like one thing that we didn't mention that I wanted to say too is I love that you guys are showing that life doesn't have to stop with these big life decisions. You can kind of keep that your life going, your kid's life going, you can have kids and still travel. It's it's not like, wow, our life's over if we, you know, we have to go settle if we're going to have kids. And, and I love that you're paving that path. 
for people to know that your lives can continue in the direction that you want it to go. And these big life events don't have to take you out of that that dream, that adventure, like whatever it is Building that you're shooting business. for. Yeah. Well, and I think because that's one thing, you know, Aaron and I are currently talking about in our own life about, you know, getting to that stage where like we do want to have a family, which we didn't know for many, many years. We thought we didn't. And now we're like, no, like we do want to have kids, but can we still travel? And, you know, we're planning all these adventure trips. And we're like, I don't think we can do that with kids and we can't keep doing what we're doing. Things have to change. And like people like you guys are showing others what's possible that you can have a family and live this life. And it might look a little bit different, but you're going to figure out your new normal and new flow. And that's inspiring for people who like us, like us who are considering it. And we're like, okay, here's another example, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think it's kind of cool to like build that community. Cause I know like you guys obviously know Steve and Ellen and, Mm -hmm. like it's so fun like we're trying to like plan um because we're like four hours from them and so we're like oh we can get together and like do things with other people who are also a little crazy and do all these crazy (laughs) things with children versus like like traditional people like let's go do this thing or like let's go hike with our one-year-old they'd be like heck no and yeah. they're like, oh, cool, like, you're crazy, too. We can go do these crazy things together. And, like, you know, or I've even told, like, Steve and Ellen, you know, like, if you guys need to, like, go somewhere for a few days, like, we can take Kinley and, like, entertain her. And, like, you know, like, it's just, it's nice to have that, like, community. Because, um, like, we're very blessed. Our family is very accommodating if we need to, like, go on trips and stuff like that. Like, you know, I know some yeah, people aren't parents, that lucky, but I, like, I don't think my parents have missed us coming to visit for a single travel assignment. Yeah, but yeah, it's nice to have that community where you can be like, "Hey, we could even like trade kids for a little bit if we need to." Yeah, <laughs> so it's just cool. Like that's that amazing. Too. Yeah, that like-minded community. I mean, that really is that support system of in real life, and then also online, like showing other people what's possible too. Like. I think that's amazing about this traveling life is just the community and all of us connecting and sharing like just different ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, honestly, like I feel like I have so many more questions for you guys as far as like the kid thing and the RV thing, like we could go on and on and on. Um, but I think just kind of as we wind this down, where so a where can people like find you travel along like follow along with your adventure i know alex like you're you have your business on the side copywriting all that like just kind of share about what you guys have going on and how people can like follow along with your crazy adventure or ask questions if uh, they have them about kids in rv life yeah yeah so um i pretty much like most of my like social media sharing now is on my like personal Instagram. Um, that's where I share a lot about like traveling and traveling with the kids and stuff. And that's Alex McCoy underscore RN. So that's um, where you can find pretty much the bulk of my content. I have like a business Instagram as well. That's Alex McCoy.co. But honestly, like I've, I've had a lot of um, stuff keeping me busy for like current clients. And so I haven't there's not a lot on that Instagram yet because I'm just not, I just have not had the time to focus on that part of it, but, uh, which is a good thing. It's a good yeah. thing. <laughs> other things keeping me busy, but, um, anyway, so yeah, um, that's pretty much where we share everything. Keaton doesn't have Instagram. He barely gets oh. on Facebook. So <laughs> <laughs> at the local target, pushing two, 
toddler girls around. With his <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> but he's, he's doing he's doing like Q and A and like aisle six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, dude, he's met so I, many dads. I've, I've actually met a lot of friends with like random stay-at-home dads in different places. There are two different guys that gave me their number in. Uh, uh, that sounds really bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gave me their number in Virginia. And another guy that I met who uh, in Omaha that we just started talking. We talked for like forty minutes in a target I was like, aisle. So women are not this approachable. Like I don't. I've never <laughs> just like made friends with some random lady at Target. Right. I know that's so cool though that just even having that kind of support of like dads being home and like having that kind of outlet. Like yeah. that's so cool. It- it's definitely a paradigm shift from maybe even like 10 years ago from, or certainly from when we were growing up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's amazing. Like I, I want to have you guys back on and like talk specifically just about like some RV stuff. Cause yeah. I feel like we didn't get to hit it on that, but like, I think that would be really cool just to talk about that. Cause like I have a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure. So we'll definitely do that. But thank you guys so much yeah, for this just was awesome. coming on and like being so like just open and vulnerable. And I think you guys shared like just a lot of great insight into what this life is like with kids and how you're figuring it out as you go and letting go of like having it be perfect and, and just like jumping in and, and letting the adventure kind of lead the way as y'all like figure it out together as yeah. a team. And like mapping your own path. And I really love just touching again. It's something that resonated with me of just like, knowing the strengths of your of your couple of your mm-hmm. partner is just such a big takeaway and i don't think a lot of people take that into account and actually listen to that and hear that and figure that out because that's something that we do as well in our household of just knowing whose strengths are what and who can take over even if you're tired and that mm-hmm. that's like a really huge thing and i think it comes with the compassion for your partner but also the communication and also the initiative to know that like, Hey, I'm, I'm good at this. I'll take this. And I think that was a huge takeaway um, in this podcast. It's like a marriage pro tip. If anyone just took that one thing, yeah, like, game honestly, over. yeah totally. <laughs> it sounds simple <laughs> in theory, right? In practice, it can be a little more challenging, but <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on the podcast and go follow them. Go follow Alex, check them out, follow their adventures. And we will see you guys out there. Yes, we will. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. guys.